So welcome into this version of Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast. This is Lee and Cindy Whitman, and today we've got a really special uh, guest, a friend of ours who's an RTF minister, but he's also a Messianic Jewish rabbi down in Florida. Our friend Ira Brower is going to uh, share with us today. We'll have just kind of a conversation. You'll probably hear the three of us back and forth, but we're just excited to have Ira come and, and share with us. Welcome to the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast, brought to you by Restoring the Foundations International. Our desire is to equip you with biblical truth to empower you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. For more, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. Now, here's your podcast. So coming up, um, Ira, in the next few days is just some special days in the Jewish calendar. And I wonder if you could just speak to us about the importance of those days and how we as Christians um, can align uh, with God's calendar. Sure, sure. Yeah, so it's a very, first of all, uh, thank you for having me. It's really a pleasure, really a joy to be with you guys. And uh, uh, greetings to all the, any RTF uh, ministers out there or anyone else listening. Um, so it's really a special time in the Jewish calendar, which really started about three weeks ago uh, in the Hebrew calendar, um, the month of Elul. And the month of Elul, is, uh, there's a tradition that's called in the month of Elul, which lasts 30 days, that the king is in the field. And it's a time of uh, traditional Judaism, of reflection, uh, what we call slichot, which is forgiveness, uh, repentance, and uh, Orthodox Jews go every day and uh, go through prayers of repentance and so forth. The idea being that uh, you know the king is busy the rest of the year in the palace, but one time a year he comes down and walks among the commoners. It's kind of an ancient tradition, and that has been applied in the Jewish world as well. Of course, as followers of Yeshua, we know that he's always in the field. He's always among us. Yeshua is, and. Uh, and so that brings us up to the end of the month, which is Friday night in this year, and for the Jewish, what was called the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah means New Year. And that lasts one day or two days, the Orthodox celebrated for two days. And then 10 days later is Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, which is the most solemn day of the Jewish calendar. So how do you think that relates to us as believers? So... You know, in, if you know anything about Judaism and the Jewish world, there's so many traditions that have evolved over the years that in many cases are really good traditions that keep us connected generation to generation. And at the same time, a lot of those traditions aren't really in the Torah, in the, in the Bible. In the book of Leviticus, for instance, there's the list of the what we call the Moadim, the appointed times that God gave to Israel, and by extension, for all believers to, not necessarily in the same way that it was meant originally, but there are lessons in each of these feasts as well, these appointed times, that as followers of Yeshua, of Jesus, we also can gain insight into them. And so in the fall feasts, what we're entering into now, there's three of them. Feast of Trumpets is actually the biblical name for what has become what we call Rosh Hashanah or the Jewish New Year. Ten days later is the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. And then five days after that is the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot. 
And it's interesting how we transition through those things because Feast of Trumpets really doesn't say much of what we're to do in the Torah except that it is a memorial by a blowing of the trumpet, or what we call the shofar, either a ram's horn or the horn of another animal. And it's traditional that by the blowing of the shofar, there's there's many things, and we don't have time to really go into all the interpretations or applications of what the blowing the shofar means, but the most important one, even the rabbis acknowledged, was the announcement of the kingdom that started back at Sinai in Exodus 19. Well, what happened then? Well, there was a pretty dramatic incident, a story there, where the children of Israel are gathered, they're called to the foot of the mountain, but they're not to go up, only Moses was allowed to go up, and there was a cloud and, and thunder and a blowing of a trumpet. And we only can surmise that God himself or an angel was up there blowing that loud. It was very, very loud, it says. So when we blow this shofar every year at this time, we are reminded of that event that took place, the inauguration of the kingdom, if you will, for Israel at that time. But for us as followers of Jesus, Yeshua, it also, of course, reminds us of the future the last trump that will take place, which also will be apparently a very loud shofar, loud blast. Jesus himself spoke about it in Matthew 24. Paul also spoke about it in Thessalonians, that there will be the sound of the trumpet, that the last trumpet will sound and the dead in Messiah will rise and will be joined together with him. So to answer your question about how it affects believers, well, I believe it's it's really important because when we sound that shofar, which we will do in our congregation Friday night and Saturday morning, we do reflect back of what happened there back at Sinai. And really, there's other references. Isaiah references it as the ingathering of Israel. And I think it's Isaiah 27. Zechariah mentions it as well. So it's this pattern of the shofar as a reminder of the ingathering of Israel back to the land, but also believers at the end of time. But also it's important as a present day reminder, because uh, the rabbis also said that when you hear the sound of the shofar, it's, uh, it's supposed to touch our hearts in repentance and restoration, RTF, right? Right. Restoring right. us back to God, if there's any way that we deviated from the path, so to speak that it's a call back to being called back to our intimacy with God and a restoration, whether it's through repentance or just, you know, being reset with our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. So it has all that significance. Because there always seems to be some significant events that happen around this time. Is that true? Do you see that biblically as well as in today's time? Well, there always seems to be this anticipation that takes place. And whether we can look at you know, current events. Obviously, we're in very precarious times. Right now in Israel, we just came back last week from Israel, and Israel, politically speaking, and just humanly speaking, is in a big fat mess with the government, is stagnated, it's in a polarized. Uh, we think of what's going on in our country, but it's 10 times worse because of the whole political system. There's There's weekly protests, there's even been some violence and riots and persecution of believers. Uh, we have, uh, there was an event uh, at King of Kings um, a couple months ago, 
just a concert and there was a big uh, protest by the ultra-Orthodox that turned into riots. Uh, a couple, actually a couple of our friends were actually physically beat up and uh, it's really, really bad. So, I don't know, God is stirring the pot, but at the same time we know it's an important time to be interceding for people because um, uh, it, at this time of year, there's Jewish people that don't go to synagogue any other time of the year mm-hmm. that, that go for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Because mm. there's this idea that has evolved that now's the time for repentance, for atonement, and so forth. Because we know that atonement was taken care of, paid for, by Yeshua's sacrifice 2,000 years ago. But as we move forward from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, Jewish people will gather and fast and beat their chests and pray all these prayers of forgiveness and so on throughout the day. But yet at the end of the day, we can ask, where's the atonement? Because if we go back to the Torah, the day of atonement was not where everyone gathered for prayer. It was a day when the high priest went in and on behalf of the whole nation, there's nothing that says what the people were supposed to do except to watch and, and know that when the priest came out, it was done. Because he went and made intercession. Well, we know that Jesus paid that price one time for all time for us. So yet we gather for Yom Kippur, even as followers of Yeshua, to intercede for our uh, people, for the Jewish people that gather all over the world on this day. I read that the, what we would call the Christian church has abandoned um, the Jewish calendar. We, we do not abide by it. What are we missing? What, what is the significance of celebrating um, the Jewish feasts and the, the Jewish calendar so that you can yeah. share with, with us um, so that we can uh, understand a little better? Yeah, well, my experience is there's been two extremes <laughs> when it comes into the Christian church, when it relates to the Jewish feasts and, you know, the really biblical feasts. I, I would say the one extreme is the replacement, you know, well, that's all done away with. Right. There's no good to us because now, you know, we have the new coming. Well, of course, that's, that's not uh, helpful. And then the other extreme, which unfortunately sometimes happens, where Christians get excited about the feast and say, oh, we must do all these things because if you don't, then you're missing it. And we don't abide by that approach either. I think what we abide by, when I say we, I would say as Messianic believers, uh, for us as as Jewish people, there's an irrevocable calling that that Paul talked about in Romans 11. For Jewish people, there's a deeper level that we, I believe, should embrace when it comes to the feast. For the Christian world, I think it really needs to, I think there's blessing and benefit to embrace these things, to understand how it relates to Israel, but also that it is for us, um, I say us, but let's say the Christian world, to embrace as a deeper understanding of what the feasts mean because they all point to Yeshua. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether fall feasts, you know, the kingdom of God being announced, uh, Rosh Hashanah, the atonement that Yeshua paid for, 
the Feast of Tabernacles, which is, uh, you know, all those street feasts point to the end times, the blowing of the trumpet, mm-hmm. yep. all right, and, you know, the, the rapture, whether it's that moment or later. But uh, then the atonement that is going to be national for Israel, national atonement, then Sukkot is tabernacles. All, you know, Zechariah 14, we all go up to Jerusalem, right? All the nations will go there. Well, the spring feasts also talk about Yeshua, obviously, the Passover, Feast of Unleavened, seven weeks later, Shavuot, Feast of Weeks, uh, Pentecost, as it's called. So they all point to Yeshua. And so for any Christian that just wants to understand even who Yeshua is and was and is and will be, I think the feasts are a good window into that understanding. But it's not a have to thing, it's a get to. Right. It's like like Shabbat. I think Shabbat is still part of the covenant with Israel. But Gentiles, they don't have to, but they get to if you want to. Right. Right. And true for the feasts. Yeah. You don't have yeah. to, but you get to if you want to. Right. And it's a blessing there. Yeah. I don't know. That helps. No, it does. We were in Israel and got to celebrate Shabbat with an Orthodox family. And it's just the reverence, the taking that time aside every Friday to honor God, to honor each other, bless each other, pray for each other. It was just an amazing time. I really think it's a something that as Christians in the U.S. we miss the significance of because we don't take that time to just set aside a meal with God and just say, this is all about him. Yeah. You know, we have people that come in congregation, usually not Jewish, but they'll say, well, you know, we shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't be doing that. We need to really be serious about Shabbat. And I go, look, the Shabbat was made for man, not man. for That was what Jesus said, right? Yeah. Uh, it's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's a ble- It's a gift yeah. that we get to enter into His rest once a week, yeah. however that looks like for you. Right. For some people, it might. I don't want to cook. We're going to go out. Right. You know, some people don't know. I don't want to spend money on Shabbat. Okay, that's your conviction. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's uh, there's a balance there that's really really important yeah. that we need to strike. Well, Ira, we appreciate you sharing with us today in this Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast, just as we're sharing with our listeners, just our connection with Israel and with the Jewish people and how we can enter into a deeper understanding of what God has for us. You know, not saying that we have to do these things, but just to be aware of the feasts and what the meaning of them is. And I love what you said is that all the feasts are pointing to Jesus. Yeah. And so we may not all agree on everything when it comes to beliefs when it comes to the Jewish people, but we honor Israel, we honor the Jewish people. We know that God has commanded us to pray for Jerusalem, and there is a blessing that is connected to that. So we just encourage you, that those of you that are listening, just to consider what God might be speaking to you during this season, just as we focus in on what is on God's calendar and what that might mean for us. So thank you for joining us today, Ira, and we look forward to more conversations. Thank you. And I would just say, everyone out there, please consider praying on those days, on Rosh Hashanah, this Saturday, and then Yom Kippur especially, interceding for the house of Israel. Amen. Thank you. Well, let's just close in prayer with that. And Ira, would you just lead us in that prayer? Sure. Well, Abba, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you 
that we can go deeper wherever we are. And I pray for everyone out there listening to this podcast that you would just open their eyes and, and give them a heart for the salvation of the Jewish people. Because unless Israel is saved, Yeshua is not coming back. And it's pretty clear that the covenant he made with them is still in effect. And so I ask God that you would just pour out your spirit on the house of Israel, especially yeah. during this time yeah. when so many yes, are gathered and perhaps asking questions, yes. who you are and what you are and where is the Messiah and yeah. who is he? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hey, would, you mind, would you mind praying a Hebrew blessing over us? Absolutely. Okay. The best one is the Aaronic blessing, the one that God commanded Aaron to bless children of Israel, and he says that when you bless them in this way, my presence will go with you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in the name of the one who is the Prince of Peace and our soon-coming King, Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast today. We pray you are blessed and equipped with biblical truth, empowering you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. To learn more about the ministry of Restoring the Foundations International, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.